Well, tonight we want to continue our series on crutches. So turn your Bible, if you would, tonight. Um, you can turn just here, and then I'm going to turn to other places. But turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read two other scriptures to you before we get to Matthew 7. But just go ahead and turn to Matthew 7, verse 24. Uh, right before I get started tonight, though, in my studies, I come across a lot of different things. And I came across some things, and I want you to know that it's a good thing uh, that pastors don't come up with church slogans. Because if pastors came up with church slogans, they would look like something like this church's, uh, if we have it. Um, do we have it? It would look much like that one. Wait, we did come up with that one. Okay, we don't have them? Okay. Do we? Yeah, there it is, right there. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Have you ever been to that church before? Okay, maybe not. Um, this next one here, this is what Pat goes through pastors' minds um, when they're on stage, actually, right here. I know they're all staring at the stain on my tie. Okay, uh, let's get started tonight. Matthew chapter 7, and uh, I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs real quick. Proverbs chapter 3, and it says this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord, or lean into God, and don't lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In other words, everything you do, acknowledge God, and He's going to be there, and He's going to help you, whether it's a hard time, whether it's a good time, whether it's a rough time, whether it's a smooth time. God wants to be there for you. I'm going to read to you now out of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, the New Testament. And uh, when the New Testament church gets started, um, a couple of things are laid out, and I want to read them to you tonight as we be, uh, continue this series. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it says, And all the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and of prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the, uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Why were people being saved? Why were they being added? I believe there's four keys laid out in Acts chapter 2. I believe those keys is what we're talking about over the next month here. Last week we talked about community. And you can see community very clearly here as they had fellowship with one another and they went house to house breaking bread. That speaks to me of community. And if you didn't get that message, you can go to our website and get it online. But we talked about community last week. And we talked about how community can help carry you through a tough time. And uh, we pulled some principles out of that. Proverbs 3 makes it very clear that God wants to be our crutch if we could use that term, or Jesus wants to be our crutch. In other words, a crutch is something that you can lean on. A crutch is a structure that helps you, uh, maybe if you've hurt yourself or whatnot. And God wants to be your source of strength. Not just in the hard times, though, but God wants to be your source of strength through every season of your life. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, man, don't lean into your own understanding, but come on, lean into God's understanding, okay? And we pulled four things out of Acts chapter 2, out of God's Word, and the first one was community. But tonight... I want to talk to you about the Word. I think it's very clear in Acts chapter 2 when it starts out, it says, and they gave themselves to the apostles' doctrine. 
What were they saying by that? They were saying this. They were saying that they gave themselves to the word or the teaching of the word, which obviously at that time would have been the Old Testament. But now we not only have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament. What the Bible is saying is we ought to give ourselves to the instruction of the word. If I could rephrase it, they gave themselves to the word. Okay? Why is it so important to give ourselves to the word? The Bible says in Proverbs that death and life is in the power of your words or in the power of your tongue. And those that love it will learn to eat of its fruit. There's death in your words or there's life in your words. But tonight I don't just want to talk to you about just words that are spoken or words that are written or words that are said. I want to talk to you about the Word of God. Okay? We're all on the same, we're all on the same page. So I want to talk to you about this Word tonight. The reason I want to talk to you about this Word is because this right here, uh, whether you're to this understanding or not yet, this right here is the only tangible revelation of God that we have. We talk about God. We worship God in song like we did tonight. We, we do communion together in and, and remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross. But there's got to be something that we can go back to in order to understand who He is. So it's not, just a, it's not just something I add to or you add to, but there's an ultimate truth that we can go by. So we want to talk about the Word tonight. And as we begin to look at it, there's, there's many things you've got to understand. We don't have time to talk about all of it tonight. But you've got to understand that this is the only tangible revelation of God we have. Okay? That this right here is not just a story time book for, for at night. It's not just a quick five minute devotional in the morning when you're sitting on the toilet. I don't know what it is, but I, maybe I, I go to houses and I see the little devotionals sitting in people's bathrooms. You ever seen those before? And I'm kind of like, why in the world in the bathroom? It's like, it's the strangest thing ever. It's like, do people actually sit there and don't answer the question, please? Okay? People actually sit there and do their devotions anyway, moving right along. It's not just a five-minute devotional in the morning, but this, this was written so that you and I would not only have a tangible revelation of who God is, but this was written so that you and I would have something to live our life according to. That you and I would have something to live unto, and that is the Word of God. And there's, there's so many things we could talk about to, to try to prove to you that this is the only Word of God. We don't have time for that. We could talk about the numerical structure of the Bible and how that points to God. We could talk about the fulfillment of prophecy and how the fulfillment of prophecy in this book, not just, not just written by about the people that wrote the Bible, but written by people like Justin Martyr or Josephus, who were historians at the time. And they actually document the fulfillment of prophecy. We could talk about those things. We could talk about the unity of the Bible and how it's 66 different books and 40 different authors written over the course of 1,600 years but yet it has one common theme and one common thread. We could talk about all those things, but we don't have time tonight. Um, but what we want to talk about is the Word. Everybody say the Word. word. Say word up. word up. Yeah, Word up. You like that? Word up. Somebody back there's like, Word up. They got it down. They're even back there. Word up. I'm not there yet. I will be. I want to talk to you about the Bible. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible is actually the number one selling book every year. They actually had to remove it from the, the, that, that list quite some time ago because it just every year it was the number one selling book, number one selling book, number one selling They just didn't think it was fair, so they said, okay, let's put the Bible on a separate shelf all by its own where it, it should have been to start with. I know it's also not only the, the number one sold book, it's also the number one stolen book. Did you realize that? As people every night take it from those nightstands and hotels across the world. Slip it in there. It's, it's true. It's actually the number one stolen book. It's being report, reported by the Gideons. They have to keep replacing them, but that's a good thing. They've got to keep stealing it. They need something to read. So, Tonight, let's talk about the Word. Matthew chapter 7. 
I'm going to read this and I'm going to pray. We'll jump right into it tonight. Matthew chapter 7. How can the Word become what carries me? How can the Word be a crutch to me? How can the Word be what helps me get through a hard time? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and it says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking, it's in red in my Bible, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rain fell and the clouds came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everybody say the word. word. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's play. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is alive, it's living, it's active. God, in this place tonight. But Lord, I pray it would not just be alive in the sound of my voice, but I pray it would be alive in everyone who hears it. God, I pray that as we hear it, we would mix it with the little bit of faith we have inside of us, and God, it would profit us something tonight. God, I pray that your word would move forward, do what it came to do, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. The story in Matthew chapter 7 lays out two scenarios. It lays out one guy that, that heard the word, did the word, and very clear in the story, when he did the word, he was, he was founded on the rock, okay? Other guy, same similar scenario, he heard the word, but yet he chose not to do the word, Therefore, he wasn't founded on the rock, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute, but he was founded on sand, and so when the storm of life came, then his house began to fall. I believe this. I believe that God wants us to build our life on this book right here. I really believe that. I believe that, that God gave us. As a matter of fact, if you read John chapter 1, you understand that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. If you drop down to verse 12, it says, And the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word, always has been the Word, and always will be the Word. His eternal name in heaven was the Word, and He became flesh, and He dwelt among us. In other words, as Christ was in the world, so we ought to be. Well, if Christ was a certain way in the world, and we're supposed to be the same way, how many of you think we've got to go back to this and learn how He was? You with me tonight? I believe this, this Bible right here, this book right here, the Word right here, it'll encourage you in hard times. Let's just, let's just put it this way. Even if you don't even if you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Let's just say you're sitting there tonight and you just say, hey man, it's a good book, it's a historical fact, and I read it as history, and that's great and all, but I don't see it as the true Word of God. I don't necessarily think it's, you know, infallible. I don't necessarily think it's God. Let's just take it at that right there, okay? Let's say you're sitting there tonight and you think, man, it's a great book, it's history, okay? Well, if you just simply read this book as history, just as history alone, it'll still encourage you. Because you read about a little guy named David who was facing a big person named Goliath. If you just read it at, at, at his history tonight. And this little dude named David, what, what happened? He took out the big dude named Goliath, right? Now, I don't know about you, but that could speak to some things in my life. That could speak to the economy right now. That could speak to maybe finances. That could speak to a relationship. That could speak to a lot of different things. Nonetheless, the outcome is the same. The little guy beat the big guy. Are you with me? So if you just look at it as, as straight history, that's got to encourage you a little bit. Because, man, I'm up against some things that are bigger than me. I'm up against some things that, man, I, I don't know how to figure it out. I don't know how to handle them. I don't know how to overcome it. But you know what? So did David, and, and he overcame it. 
You hear what I'm saying tonight? If you just read it at face value, it encourages you because if you read on in the life of David, you understand that David became a king. Not only did David become king, he became one of the greatest kings. Not only did he become one of the greatest kings, he was a murderer. And an adulterer. And a backstabber. I mean, just read on. David was all these things. But yet what's so cool is that through it, if you just read it as history, that through it all, God allowed him to remain king. Yes, there were, there were, there were consequences for his actions, but he still stayed king. So why does that encourage me? That encourages me because I know that I blow it a lot. I guess I'm the only one. Okay? Let's just pretend I'm the only one that blows it, okay? Just eyes up here, don't look at anybody else. You know, yeah, I know somebody else that blows it. I blow it a lot, okay? And so if I just read it as pure history, it still encourages me because, man, David blew it a lot. And if David could blow it but still, man, get some forgiveness from God, well then, you know what? Now, I'm not, I'm not giving you guys rights to go out and sweet. I'm going to go blow it tonight. Let's open up the bar right after service. Let's go for it. Let's, you know, okay? I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is all of us have our struggles. All of us have our battles. All of us have things that we need to overcome. And you know what? We don't always overcome them. Excuse me. I don't always overcome them. And it's good to know that I can go to the Bible and read the Word and read the Bible and say, man, he was a big screw-up too. I can relate to you. You know, we're cool. I mean, what, if, what would it be like if the Bible was just like fairy tales, like perfect endings and like everything, like everybody got to marry a beautiful prince and a beautiful princess and all this stuff, and that was the Bible. I wouldn't read it. I'd feel like a failure. Are you with me? Aren't you glad that, that God didn't just choose to show the victories, but he chose to show the failures? So that means, wow, I can, I, man, because that one speaks to my situation and this book right here, it encourages me even if I just take it at face value because it shows me that I can. I can succeed. I can win. I can overcome. I, I can be victorious. I can make it through this economic struggle because you know what? I'm tapped into a different economy. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords had a different economy for me and I've been given into that one and so now I'm going to reap for that one. We're going to talk about that next week. You guys with me tonight? Everybody say, word up! Yeah. All right, just making sure you're alive. So tonight we want to talk about the word Matthew chapter 7, when the first guy builds on the, on, on the word, he does the word and he builds on the rock. The second guy hears the word, but he chooses to build on sand. Now you have to understand something. Sand did not just start as, as little bitty bitty pieces of sand that literally over time a rock could be beat on and a rock could be literally be beat on over time and it becomes those little pieces of sand. What is sand? Sand is literally little pieces of rock. In other words, what the Bible's saying is, is there's, there's one ultimate way to build, and that's on my word. But then there's another way to build. You can build on other people's little pieces of wisdom if you want. You can build on portions of the word and portions of Dr. Phil and portions of Oprah and portions of Pastor Ben and portions of your husband. and portions, If you want, you can do that. Okay? You can get pieces of wisdom. You can get pieces of knowledge. Now listen to me, because I'm going to clarify this. When someone gives you wisdom, okay, it's still wisdom, okay? When someone gives you advice, it can still be that good advice. But if it does not line up with the Word of God, we're going to make this real clear tonight. If it does not line up with the Word of God, it's just a piece of sand. And you can add this sand to her sand to his sand to my sand, and all of a sudden it looks real nice, all compact. It's, you know, like a little sandcastle, you know. But man, when a wave comes and hits that sandcastle, it's going to be taken out. 
Two people, two different scenarios, two different outcomes. One builds on the rock, the Word of God. The other person builds on little pieces of wisdom or bits and pieces from here and there. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 4, that I shouldn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm not going to live by, by bread alone, but I'm going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth, the mouth of God. I'm going to live by this right here. What happens when you begin to build on, uh, on little pieces of this, little piece of that? Well, you see in the story very clearly the house will be taken out. It's funny, but the other day, um, because we, uh, the office was, uh, was, was really busy that day, I went to my second office, Cafe Italia, in Little Italy, simply because they have free Wi-Fi. And um, I was sitting there and I was studying, and it's, it's fun going to places like that and studying, because you get to see all sorts of scenarios played out. You get to see all sorts of people coming in and doing their thing. Well, I was sitting there and I was studying, and I'm a people watcher. Um, it's just, I, I, this is just what I am. I'm a people watcher. And, and, uh, and I was sitting there studying and typing, and I'd just glance up on somebody to walk in and be like, okay, what are they doing? Um, no, they're, they're not interesting, and I'll go back to studying, you know. <laughs> well, this one lady walks in, and she kind of like walks in, and she looks around a little bit and walks out looking puzzled. And, and then she walks back in, and she sees her friend. She's like, oh, okay, there you are. And all of a sudden she turns, and there's this magazine-like display right here. And all of a sudden she turns, and she's like, Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! She grabs the magazine and goes, She's pregnant! Oh my word, did you know? And she like looks at her friend. She's like, Oh my gosh, look, do you know she's pregnant? I didn't know. I didn't even know. I didn't know she was getting on with anybody. I didn't know. I, you know, she's like talking like, like, like they're best friends. And I'm like, Well, what's going on? You know, did she see something? You know, I'm, now I'm really, I'm listening to this conversation because I'm not only a people watcher, I'm an eavesdropper, okay? <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, listening in. She's like, oh, 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 look, oh. You know, and she's like flipping through, and I'm like, what in the world is she looking at? You know, did she find her best friend's, like, you know, picture magazine? What's going on over there, you know? And she's just freaking out, you know? And she's just so excited. And she, honestly, like, for 25 minutes, they're looking at this thing together, and like, I thought she was going to pull out Kleenexes and start crying, okay? And like for a little while, she like sounded upset, like, why didn't she call me, you know? And oh my gosh. And, and so then I thought, you know, okay, when I leave, I have to kind of walk slowly by that magazine rack to see what's going on, you know? And so sure enough, I, I found a reason to leave early, and I was just, I got to find, because I was starting to get curious now, you know? I'm like, who's pregnant? What's going on, you know? I was like, man. And so I, so sure enough, I, I closed my stuff, zip it down, they're still sitting there. And so I walked by, and I tried to look at their magazine, I couldn't, so I looked at the one that she pulled, and it's this, it's this picture of Jennifer Aniston with her big belly, and she's pregnant. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, Jennifer Aniston doesn't even know who you chicks are at all. She don't give a rip about you. She don't even know you're sitting in Cafe Italia right now, sipping on coffee, googling and goggling all over her pictures, you know? I mean, she doesn't know. She doesn't care. She doesn't know you. And all of a sudden it hit me, and I thought, man, what kind of intellectual, or even take it a step for what kind of spiritual wisdom or spiritual encounter did they have by knowing Jennifer Aniston was pregnant? It honestly boggled my mind. I was like, what in the world? And I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I'm so glad that I have this right here. Because I would hate to be, like, sitting down at the end of the week doing my budget, you know, and be like, oh, honey, guess what? It's, it's, I don't know if it's going to work out this week. And she looks at me, she goes, but Jennifer Aniston's pregnant! <laughs> You're right, I feel so much better. What was I thinking? We're totally going to make it now. Hey, can I talk to you? Yeah. 
um, my dad's not doing so well. He's, he's got some sickness and, and whatnot, and I'm just not doing so well with it. It's okay. Jennifer Aniston's pregnant. <laughs> Are you guys following my train of thought here? I know I'm a little out there, but stop staring at the stain on my tie, okay? Just kidding. Just came full circle. You, you imagine? I mean, you, 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 you're like at the hospital. I really don't know what to tell you right now, but I bought this magazine. Jennifer Aniston's pregnant. Thank you. I feel so much better. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Are people building their life on that? I mean, when's the last time you picked up your Bible in the morning and you're like, Yeah! Yes! We win! The economy stinks, but the Bible says the righteous have never been forsaken, nor their seed had to bake bread. Oh, that's a good one. Think about it now. I mean, this person, honestly, I mean, like, like everybody turned, like, whoa, what's so exciting? When's the last time, man, you walked in and you're just like, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. Why? Well, because I read my Bible today. And I know that, you know, the economy's tough, but guess what? God's got a plan. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Here, read it. The whole thing, yeah. Start at the beginning. It's in there and it's good. What page is it on? 4,633, I think. How is Jennifer Aniston being pregnant going to carry you, this lady, through a hard time? See, this right here will carry you through a hard time. This right here will carry you through a difficult time. Not only through a difficult time, I've learned something that will help keep me from difficult times. It's not just going to, you know, it's not just what I'm doing really bad. Well, I better get into the Bible again. No, if I stay in the Word and I meditate, the Bible says this. The Bible says to meditate on the Word day and night. Do not let it depart from who you are. If you do this, I, uh, Joshua 1a, if you do this, I will prosper you in all that you do and all that you are. Really? Yeah, meditate on it. I've come to this conclusion because I used to have people that made me feel real bad. Now listen to me, I tried to do my best to read this every single day. But even as a pastor, some days I, I don't make it. I know you're probably never coming back now. <laughs> There's some days where maybe I, maybe I don't get it in, but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says to meditate on it day and night. It doesn't say to read it day and night. And so I've come to this conclusion in this place in my life, man, I'm going to do my best. And yes, I'm going to read it and read as much as I can, but I am not going to beat myself up at the end of the day. Because you know what? I find myself meditating on the Word of God every minute, every second, every situation. I'm not leaning to my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging Him, and He's going to direct my steps. Are you with me tonight? Meditate on it. You might only know one verse. Whatever it is, Jesus wept. <laughs> Meditate on it. Jesus, weep over my situation right now, please. You know, whatever it is. You with me tonight? Say, word up. You're liking it now, aren't you? The guy in the back still being like, word up. Love it. It's awesome. Hmm. Two builders, two different outcomes. Now listen, as the house was being built, the storm didn't know the difference between the two houses. The house looked the same. Probably had a little pool in the back, a little hot tub off to the side, you know, whatever it was. The houses look the same. The storm doesn't know the difference. 
between the one that's built on sand and the one that's built on rock until the storm is over. In other words, the Bible says this, it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, just getting into this isn't going to keep you from a storm, although it can keep you from certain storms. But getting into this is going to keep you during the storm. Are you with me? Look at, look at what happens. One guy builds on the rock, storm, storm came. Same storm, different outcome. The other guy didn't build on the word, storm came. Same storm, different outcome. You know, I, I've discovered this, that you can tell who the real believers are, who real Christians are, not by how their big their smile is on their face, how many amens they say, brother. But you can tell the real Christians after the storm is over because they're the ones that are still standing. Yeah. You're going to be able to tell who the Christians are after you go through a storm. You're going to be able to tell who the ones are that, that built their life on the Word, that built their life on the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, the rock of the Word. And a true child of God is proven through those tough times. And let me just tell you something tonight that it's not, it's not what you do, it's not what you don't do that sets you apart. Because I battled with this one before. I've battled, like, man, if I read more of the Word and if I pray more, if I get myself to church, then I'm a better person. I'm a better Christian. No, you're not. You're just works-oriented. Or we go to the other stream, if I don't do this, and if I, if I just abstain from that, and I just abstain from that, and don't mess up in those areas, then I'll, then, then I'll be closer to God. Now, if you read your Bible, you understand that we've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because he made me righteous, yes, there's certain things I don't want to do and certain things I do want to do. But just because I don't do those certain things and do these certain things doesn't mean that I'm more righteous. Is this making sense to you tonight? See, I can't preach a message that, and, and I'll tell you what, I grew up in church all my life. My dad was a pastor. I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday. I was like right up there up front, whining on the pew. I want my warm hospital, you know, whatever. It's a cold day. And I, I grew up in church. I've been in church all my life. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. I've, I've been in different youth ministries, different camp revivals, tent revivals, any kind of revival. I mean, it was there. I was there. It was, it was just happening, okay? And I've heard people preach this before. If you just stay pure all your life, and if you just, you just, you just consecrate your God, yourself to God for the rest of your life, and you stay pure, and man, stay away from girls, and stay away from cigarettes, and stay away from chew, and whatever else, you know? then God can use you. Well, I'm screwed. <laughs> can I say that? It's okay to say It's not my fault. I spent three years in Vegas. I got corrupted, okay? <laughs> but now listen to me. I've heard that message preached all my life, and you know what it does? Every time I hear it, it discourages me and disqualifies me. But if we're really going to preach the gospel for what it is, guess what? Man, you screwed up. Guess what? God can still use you. You didn't screw up. Guess what? God can still use you. <laughs> anyway, I won't go there. Um, <laughs> because it's not by what you did or didn't do. I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm saved by grace through faith, yes, but by grace. But that faith not of my own, but the faith he gave me. And if we're going to preach the gospel for what it really is, this is what we need to tell people. Listen to me. Here's the thing. As you can tell a righteous person when the storm comes, if they're lying on the ground, but yet they pick themselves back up.
Because although a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up and he gets going again. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's the word of God. And that's why it gives me so much hope. That's why it gives me so much security. That's why I get, I'm going to do my best. Man, I'm going to be in the word. And I'm going to do all. I'm going to build my life on the rock. But you know what? If, if, if the window gets broken, man, I'm going to repair the window. Are you with me tonight? That's the message of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of God. Yeah, you blew it. Guess what? There's still hope for you. Are you with me tonight? So let me give you just some things real quickly. You're like, oh, wow, you're not done yet? <laughs> nope, not quite yet. Okay. How does the Word become our crutch? How does the Word help us through hard times if you're a note taker? Number one, very quickly, it gives me wisdom. The Word of God gives me wisdom. And the Bible says that wisdom builds the house. Through understanding, its rooms are filled. The Word of God gives me wisdom for situations in life. It really works. It really does work. Honestly, you name a subject, it's in there. We don't have time to probably start throwing them out, but you just go ahead and email me. Jump online, email me. Oh yeah, what about this one? It's in there. Trust me. I'll find it. 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. I love reading these books. Because time and time again, you see this, this statement, and they inquired of the Lord, and the Lord spoke. And if they did what the Lord told them, they won. If they didn't do what the Lord told them, well, they didn't win. They inquired of the Lord. How do you and I inquire of the Lord? Yes, I know we can do it through prayer. I'm going to get, get real specific here. We need to do it in prayer. We need to seek out counsel. The Bible says in the counsel of many, there's safety. We should be praying, God, what do you think about this situation? Uh, we, should be, uh, we should be talking with wise counselors and getting instruction in our life. Okay? But those are all, I heard somebody describe it this way this week, and I'm going to use it. There's national borders, and then there's state borders. Okay, if you look at our nation, there's this national border, but it's so weird. When you actually, I was like, how do they get those drawings from the map? When you really go up high and you look down, it really looks like that. It's so bizarre. Was there some guy with a big lawnmower that like just goes around and honestly, I've thought about this before. Anyway, but honestly, it's weird. It's like, how would in the, anyway. And you see the national border, which is obviously the United States of America. I know I'm rambling, but it's okay. You guys are enjoying it, aren't you? Like, enter the mind of a freak. Okay. The national borders, and you can see that, and then there's the individual state borders, okay? It's all one nation, but something sets them apart as individual states, okay? What this does for you and I, this sets up a national border. This is the same for everybody and anyone who comes under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is instruction in this, and there is wisdom in this, and now every state border must fall in line with this. In other words, it's not, one, it's not okay for one person uh, to sleep around, okay? Because that does not fall within the national borders. Wait a second. No, it's very clear. You know, get yourself a woman. Get married. Then do the next thing. <laughs> okay? And so we can't say, well, it's okay for this person to do that and not okay for this person. No, because it's got to fall within the national borders. Is that making sense? So this sets up a national border for us. Okay, so now what happens is when you're praying, you know you've heard the voice of God because it falls within the context of the Word of God. Is that clear enough? You know you've received good counsel and wise counsel from somebody. How do I know it? Because it falls within the borders of the Bible. Okay? 
if it doesn't fall within that board. Now, those things can be different for other people. You're supposed to get married when you're 23. You're supposed to get married when... Never. Okay, whatever. Um, I wasn't really pointing out. The finger was like, okay. Okay. So, is that biblical? Yeah, it's biblical for some people to abstain from marriage and some people to get married. Okay, so it falls in the national borders, but now the state border is, you get to get married, you don't. Bummer. <laughs> okay? You tracking with me tonight? Okay? So it gives me wisdom. It speaks to me. It gives clarity. I can tell you time and time again, when me and my wife needed some real clarity, God spoke to us. As a matter of fact, our first move in 1999 to San Diego, California to help start a church. We were praying, God, we feel like we're supposed to go, but would you give us a word? I didn't actually even mean a literal word, but God gave us a literal word. Joshua chapter 15, you shall go to the southernmost region, the southernmost border, the city down by the sea. And I was like, baby, we're moving to San Diego. <laughs> and I'm glad we did. How does the word, it gives me wisdom. Wisdom so I know what to do. Wisdom and so I know how to do it. Are you with me tonight? Number two, how does the word become our crutch? Number two, it gives me faith. The word not only gives me wisdom on how to do it, what to do, when to do it, whatever, but it gives me faith to make it through a certain situation or problem or just faith to make it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So in other words, if I need more faith, what I really need is more Word. You with me tonight? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more of this I read, the more faith I get. Now, man, we can do this thing. Man, we can take this. We're going to build a church in downtown San Diego. There are days that I am discouraged. There are days when I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen. You know, this, that. You know what I do? First, I go to my wife and I cry and she's, get off me. Then she throws my big Bible at me, hits me in the face. Oh, yeah. And I read it. Okay? And it encourages me. That doesn't really happen, by the way. She throws shoes at me. <laughs> she has more of them, you know, than she does Bibles. Now, anyway. I'm sorry. Hmm. Jesus, come back now. Sandals. There it is. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I love it. I was waiting. I was like, oh, no. It gives me faith. It gives me faith to make it. I'll tell you what. There were times when we moved to San Diego when I thought, man, God, did we do the right thing? I know you gave us Joshua 15. All of a sudden it popped in my head. Wait, go back to Joshua 15. Go back and read what they had to do to get to their promised land. So I go back and read it. Man, they had to conquer some enemies in order to get to their promised land. But it gave me faith to say, man, if I conquer this situation, I'll be a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. It gives me faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. One of the best places to go to build your faith if you're down, Psalms. Why? Because it shows David defeated, then he called upon the name of the Lord, the Lord came through and boom! It happened. Awesome. I love it. Do you know actually the, the reason they, the, the Psalms are written the way they are in poetic form is because they expected all the Hebrews back and they had to memorize that. So anytime you come across something that's written in poetic form, that's a sign that that was something they were supposed to memorize. So in other words, maybe you should memorize it too, you know? Proverbs, Psalms, Song of Solomon, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Gives me faith. Number three, I didn't get an amen off that one. I thought for sure. Like, I already got it memorized. <laughs> Number three, lastly, we'll close here. Number one, it gives me wisdom. Number two, it gives me faith. Number three, it gives me strength. The Word of God absolutely strengthens me. The Bible says this in Job 24:12 that I esteem your word 
more than my necessary food. What is that saying? It's saying, man, you know what? There is more substance. There is more strength that comes from your word than the food that I eat. I get strength by reading this. So now, not only do I have wisdom, this is how we're going to do it. Not only does it give me faith, man, we can make it above this, but it gives me the strength to make it through whatever I'm going through. It gives me strength, man. It paints with wisdom, man. It gives, me a, it gives me that purpose, man. It paints the picture of what I'm supposed to do. and all. But it gives me faith and it gives me strength. I don't know about you tonight, but there are many times in my life when I need that strength to make it through. There's many times in my life where I would begin to question, you know, I don't know how this one's going to work out, but you know what? As soon as I turn to the Word of God and begin to read the Word of God and begin to meditate on the Word of God, all of a sudden faith rises up within me and all of a sudden I believe we can do crazy things again. I don't know about you, but it sure is glad that I don't have to, you know, rely on Jennifer Aniston being pregnant. I sure am glad that the Bible says that, you know what, when I am weak, guess what? He is strong. I sure am glad that the Bible very clearly teaches me that, that he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer and my health. So when I'm in the middle of a sickness or a disease or maybe a loved one is or, or whatnot, that I can go back to the Word and say, man, you, you know, because here's the reality of it. The facts are the person's sick. The facts are the person's dying. But the truth is that there is a God in heaven that's Jehovah Rapha. He's your healer and your health. The facts are that we're living in a bad economy. The facts are that, man, the housing market, the stock market, whatever it might be, man, it's hard to find a job. Those are the facts. But the truth is the righteous have never been forsaken, nor their seed have to beg bread. Are you with me tonight? So the facts might look really bad, but the truth of God's word says, you know what? You've built your life on this. I'm going to give you wisdom to make it through. I'm going to give you faith to make it through. And I'm going to give you strength to make it through. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is alive. God, it's living. God, it's here tonight. God, I knew tonight would be a good night. God, I felt it in my spirit before we even walked into this place. And Lord, I'm so thankful. God, I'm so thankful that you gave us a piece of yourself that every day we could turn to the Bible, we could turn to the Word and begin to read it, begin to meditate on it, and in so doing, get that wisdom, get that faith, and get that strength that we need. 